care, why don't you be seated? So we've been talking a lot about resting and sitting and dwelling uh, with Jesus, about enjoying him in a very real way. And um, we've been trying to teach and share and give practical opportunity to do that in different ways. Um, we've tried to create more space for reflection, response, listening, particularly the Sunday evening meeting and the Wednesday evening meeting. And um, this morning, I want to share with you, or allow other people to share with you, the fruit of that. And what happened when they took some time to just be with him. Um, Because I want to encourage you that it really is incredibly, wonderfully, powerfully fantastic. Um, So so I'm not going to teach as such this morning. Um, I am going to share a little bit about what we did so you get some context on why we did it. Um, And then I'm going to let a number of different people come and just share what they encountered. Um, And so on this, this was a couple of weeks ago on a Sunday night, we kind of, um, we kind of got rid of all these chairs and we got as many sofas and comfy chairs as we could get our hands on and other stuff to try and make people comfortable. And um, we, um, we did three different things. First of all, we did a, and and I'm, I'm going to try and use my language carefully because I, I, I realize words mean things and words have connotations that might not be good for you. Um, but we did what I'm going to call a, a contemplative exercise. Now, before you start, everything that we've been doing is rooted in the early church fathers, in things from St. John of the Cross, Teresa of Avil, those people of those ages, the Ignatian uh, Christians in the 16th century Spain. Everything that we've been doing is rooted in encountering Jesus in a very real way. And one of the things we're very bad at in our culture is stopping and resting and not doing. Everything about our economy is based on doing. It's based on consumerism. It's based on getting. It's based on doing more. It's based on growing. Nothing in our culture says it's good to sit still. Of course, we're getting there. There's much more mental health awareness, and we're getting to that point. So the first thing we did was this meditation. People just sat, and it was a video, and it was a person talking about the story of Mary and Martha, and, um, which is a, a story in the New Testament. And they kind of just asked, they read like, it's on like two or three verses of the story, and they read it in a number of different Bible translations and asked some questions. And it was quite a talky 15 minutes. Because I'm aware, and we've done stuff these last few months about just, sometimes we've just had 15 minutes of silence all sat together. And for some people that was a stretch, for other people it was wonderful, for some people it was terrifying. Uh, so we did that. And the second thing we did was, was another meditation, but this one was, was less talking. Uh, it's actually, it's on the YouTube channel, these first two, so you can go and watch them, which was just on being still. This was just an audio thing. Um, and you were just encouraged to focus on your breath as it went in and out your body and to still yourself. And, and then she was very compassionate because generally when that happens, your mind goes here, there and everywhere and you think about last night's tea and what you need to get out of the freezer and what you've got to do for work tomorrow. And, and that's just normal. And she was very, it's like, okay, if your mind's wondered, that's fine. You're human. That's okay. Um, and that was just about learning to be still. And then, and then I shared a little bit on imagination that I'm going to share with you now very briefly. And then we did what I'm going to call an imaginative encounter. Um, but let's talk about imagination first. Um, have you got that first slide there, Matt, John? You remember at the beginning of the year, if you're with us, we talked about John 9 like all the time. Um, And it says in John 9, as Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. Except, of course, he didn't. I mean, the writer has to write that to tell you that the man was blind, but that's not what Jesus saw in its entirety. Jesus did see a man who couldn't see physically, but he also saw something else. Because Jesus never just sees the literal physical in front of him. He sees what was and what can be. So, So Jesus didn't look and go, oh, yeah, there's a blind man. 
I wonder how he eats. I wonder where his stick is. He looked and he saw something much bigger and much greater because the physical reality in front of Jesus' eyes was less than the reality that Jesus could see for him and had seen for him. Because, of course, your, your present state is not where you started. Wow, that was profound, wasn't it? Anyways, your, where you're at now is not how God saw you. Because before you were in the womb of a woman, you were in the womb of God. Your genesis, your beginning was not when two people decided to have a child. Because according to the word of God, you are a seed thought of Jesus who saw you, set you apart, called you, chose you as precious and beautiful and gave you everything you needed. And when Jesus looks at you, as I said at the beginning, as your friend, he sees that. He sees who you were before. He's aware of all the rest. He's aware of the difficulty and the challenge. He's, he's aware of it all. But when he looks at you, he's not. He's going, okay, now this is, this is what I'm saying. Ephesians 1. Just as he chose you in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy, set apart and made whole, without blame, not feeling or knowing, blame or shame, before him in love, having been predestined to adoption as sons to himself. Before anything, you were first in the womb of dad. So Jesus didn't see a blind man. He saw a greater reality because he saw the man before and he saw the man after. I don't think Jesus ever saw people blind, lame, sick, or hungry. Of course he did, but he saw something. He saw a much bigger picture. It's like he zoomed out and went, okay, yeah, I see you're in need, but I also see the solution to your need. I see that you're blind, but I also see you well. Because there's always, there's always, it's like there's a greater reality than your present situation. Whatever your present situation is, however wonderful or terrible it is, there is a greater reality in Jesus that he sees. The powerful thing is when you start to see it. Or when you have people around you who can show you it. That's why it's so vital we start to grasp this truth of who we really are before the world got its hands on us. Because there is a reality before you hit the earth and there's a reality after you leave the earth. But listen, here's the thing. Why do you have an imagination? Why do you have an imagination? You have an imagination to create the future. The problem is your imagination got hijacked to create a negative future. The whole point you have an imagination is so you can create a beautiful future, so you can see what God gave you to see, and so you can experience him. That's why you've got one. The problem is most of our imagination gets consumed and taken up with all the negative and all the worries and the fears and the doubts and the concerns, and then we go down this route and we create a future in our minds that God never had our dreams or desires. And then if we act out of those things, we then cause a future to happen that God never dreams or desires. But your imagination is key. Because what you can see in your imagination, and Jesus is in there, he is in there, as I'll show you in a minute. What you see is what you can get. The truth is, you have a deep, intimate connection with Jesus. In fact, everybody does. Some people are not aware of it yet. We call those people non-Christians for some strange reason. They're just not aware of their connection with Jesus. If you've come to know Jesus, you've just become aware of a connection you already had with Jesus. And because you've got this connection, he knows you and loves you deeply, and he wants to interact with you, which means you can sit and listen to him. You can meet him in a very real way. But, but a lot of the time, we, we kind of... I don't know how we think we're going to hear him or how we think we're going to see him or sense him. Occasionally, very, very, very rarely, God speaks with an audible voice. I've never heard the audible voice of God, but I've heard the voice of God many times. Where did I hear him? Well, where else other than in my imagination? Where else am I going to hear him? Like, physically. Where else? Of course, I hear him in my spirit. I hear him in my spirit, but how does that... Be, it be, it, it's a thought, it's there, it's an image. And I know that might sound a little, a little weird, so I want to I play you a little clip, two little clips from a video. So the guy, in the, they're discussing a book um, that's been written, and there's two younger guys who are doing the interview, and, and two older guys. The, the older guy on the right with the white hair is the guy who wrote The Shack, um, which is an incredible book. 
Um, and his insight into this stuff is just profound. Um, so if we could just play that first clip, mate. Uh, so, so they start off by discussing this book, and basically this guy, uh, in the book, there's, and it's a novel, um, he, um, this pastor character, like, has this interaction with God. I think we can say that. Can I be just honest here, like a moment of realness? Um, Please, confess. It'll be healing. <laughs> well, confession is just telling the okay. truth, so. Yeah. yeah, okay, the truth was, toward the end of the book, and, like, the pastor's in a certain kind of state where it seems like there's some audible voices that he's hearing, like, really having a conversation with some figures that seem to be divine in nature. I'm trying not to spoil things, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, and I found myself a little bit jealous, almost, of the pastor's situation that he is having this opportunity to hear so clearly from ah. the divine. And I'm like, oh, I, I wish jealous, I could... <laughs> jealous is the right word here, not envious, oh. right? Because there's a big difference between jealousy and envy. Jealous, I may have been en envious, I don't know. Let's... No, 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 no. Okay. You, were, you were actually truthfully jealous because jealousy is about something that actually belongs to you. Envy is about something that doesn't belong to you. That's why Dude, God is... Dude, that's awesome. Wow. God, <laughs> God is a jealous God, but never an envious God, right? Wow. Because he is jealous for you because you belong to him. Yeah. Right? Hmm. He's, not he's not envious that you belong to somebody else, right? Yeah. And so, so when you say, I was jealous, you're actually telling the truth because that kind of encounter belongs to you. Just play the next one, Matt. Anybody. And where do you think Jesus lives? If he lives in you, where do you think? Like in your pancreas? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's in your total embodied humanity. That includes your imagination. That includes your rational thinking skills. That includes your ability to feel things. Hmm. You know, the, the presence of Jesus by the Holy Spirit is in all of you. You know, one of the martyrs you know Teresa of Avila or Joan of Arc when she was being about to be burned at the stake they said one of the accusations was you just you just hear God in your imagination and she goes like where else do you think I'm supposed to hear him you know yeah. and and there's we have to begin to take the risk of trusting that Christ dwells in us I mean that this is an ontological reality not some kind of a mythical thing. Yeah. When, when, when a lot of my friends who have been trafficked, my, the women that I know, when they first start to meet with Jesus, it's so interesting that oftentimes Jesus comes to them as a Labrador retriever. Really? Because they can't trust men who have abused them or women who have not protected them. Yeah. And so Jesus comes to them, or God the Father comes to them as a Labrador retriever. And sometimes they don't even know who that is at first. They just know they're safe with this, mm. this puppy or this dog. And, um, and it is and, playful, yeah. friendly, loyal. Yeah. You just go through it and you're like, oh, this is an image of the character of God. Yeah. Yep. But he yep. can't be a dog, Paul. He can be a cat with big fangs and a mane, but he can be a lamb, right? But he, and he can be an eagle, but can he be a lab? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so. So the last thing we did was... Um, I'm going to talk you through it, and then people are going to share through the different stuff what, what, they, what they heard. Um, we did what we call an imaginative encounter, which was basically just being still and letting God speak to us. Okay, if you want to put it in nice, charismatic Pentecostal language. Okay. And so I asked people, uh, so we did it in silence, and I said to people, um, okay, if you could meet God, where would you meet him? What would be a safe place for you? Where, where would it be? Um, and some people found that they were like, it was easy. Some people, it's like, no, that's, it's a bit harder and they struggle with it. Um, and I, I'm not going to go through it all now, but you'd kind of go, well, would it be a beach? Would it be a safe place? And then uh, is it a place 
from past, present, or future. How old are you? Some people find it easier to meet God when they're younger because they're not in a place of believing God would want to meet them where they're at now. So they find it easier to meet God when they're younger. The important thing was that it was a safe place where they felt uh, comfortable. Uh, And I encourage people not just to kind of see it as a movie screen, but actually just enter into it. And again, you'll hear some people found that easier, some people found it harder. Um, And of course, anybody can create, construct an imaginary happy place and hide there in denial of what's going on. That's not peace. But it's really interesting that in, in Revelation 3, Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And John says, so I looked, and there was an open door. So in other words, Jesus is going, I want to talk to you, John. Let's forget this is John who wrote the book of Revelation as though he's different to you. No, he's just like you. And then John went, and I looked, and I saw. Where did he see it? Well, it may have been an actual vision, or it could have just been his imagination. And you have an imagination. So why can't you? Why can't God lead you? He can, as you lay, and he does. So then in this safe place, I said, okay, invite Jesus in. And don't tell him how he's got to come, just invite him in. And they did, and you'll hear of the different ways that Jesus appeared to people. And then we talked about um, what would it be like to touch him if he came as a person or an animal? Would, would you go to him? Would he come to you? Would you throw your arms around him? Would you rest on him? What would you do? And then we talked about if you could look at his face, what would it speak to you? And uh, if he could speak to you, what would happen there? Um, so we did that. It was a bit of a step of faith for me because I'm like, Jesus, I hope you're doing something with these people. <laughs> but of course, Jesus being Jesus, wonderfully did. So I've got a number of people. Um, so one person, um, and I, I want to do this more and more, by the way, because I, I, it's, it's really powerful when we share what God's doing with us. But I realize not everybody wants to sit up here, and especially with being on the camera. So I said, uh, uh, look, if you want to just write it out, I'll read it. Nobody has to know who it is, but I'll just read it. Um, so I want to do that more and more. So if, you, if you've got, I'd really like to give testimony, but Adam, I don't want to stand on the stage. I don't want to be on the camera. I don't want anybody to know it's me, but I just want to tell what God's done. Hey, write me an email. I'll read it. Okay, fantastic. So uh, this was this person's um, experience of that evening. I like the idea of picturing my safe place with Jesus. It is a safe place, the safest place. I always had a strong connection to trees and nature, wildflowers and trees particularly bring me comfort and help me feel connected to God. So spending this time and letting my imagination picture my safe place with Jesus, I immediately saw a huge oak tree in a vast meadow surrounded by vibrant, colorful wildflowers. I sensed the peace and comfort, knowing it was safe and he was there. As I took in more of the picture, I recognized the meadow more. There was a stream behind me and a bridge that led into this meadow. This was significant as it links to a picture someone had for me a while ago. I was to spend time in the stream as my soul was being completely cleansed and healed, which sums up what has been happening internally for a while now. When I got this picture, they said to me, at some point I will walk over the bridge into the meadow. This is where I find myself now. I walked over to the tree, and that's when I saw who I recognized as Jesus sound underneath. I sat next to him and rested my head on his shoulder and cried. I could see my tears disappear, evaporate as they fell on his arm, like his body was soaking them up. I felt the warmth of love and peace cover me. I don't remember saying anything or hearing from him. It was just this overwhelming connection and intimacy that didn't need words in that time. I needed to rest and just be with Jesus. The words, be still and know that I am God, were spoken over and over in the meditation clip. And that's what I felt I needed, to just be still in that moment and know that he is God. He is with me. He is safe. He has brought me into this new place to explore with him. This safe place was familiar, warm, calm, so beautiful and a place of rest. It was what I needed it to be. I have spent more time since that Sunday in this safe place, sometimes sitting and talking about my day with Jesus. One time I was running and laughing in the meadow with him, free like a child. Sometimes in silence, resting and letting go of anxiety or stresses I feel. It's been different each time, but it's been what I needed it to be every time. Beautiful, eh? Beautiful. Um, 
Okay, I'm not really. Anybody wanna? You, by the way, this is so I've, I've prepped all these people, so I'm not asking anybody else. But I didn't actually prep what order we'd do it in. So, anybody wanna come up first? Sharon, are you gonna come? Looks like you're getting ready. Excellent. Ah, sit down. Yeah, we're gonna. It's a, it's a relaxing morning, isn't it? So basically, what I asked each of the three people was, first of all, tell us, was that like a new thing for you, or was it something that you used to? And then, yeah, just then share about in terms of what they found. So in terms of you, Sharon, I know that you're a little bit of a meditator, aren't you? Well, over the last year or so, I've been doing these meditations with my friend Helen Scott, who some of you will know. Um, she does them on Zoom, and she's been doing them through something called Take Time Meditation. So it was interesting when you said something about just take some time. That's the whole point of these. Um, and, yeah, and it, she's been just guiding us through. You, should, you just have a time of relaxation, rest your body, and then picture yourself in a story with Jesus. So usually it's something from the New Testament. So like the Last Supper, you're sitting at the table with Jesus, and then you're asking him, well, what's he saying to you in that situation? So, yeah, so when you said we were doing something like that, I thought, okay, this sounds like it's similar to what I've been doing with Helen. So I felt like, I felt quite excited to do it. And it was, it was a bit different than one that you did. Which so really what, good. there was something, though, that struck you that was like, I'd never thought about that before. What was that? I think it was when you talked about the imagination and talked about, Jesus being an animal, like when that Labrador, when they first said that for the Labrador, I thought, that's ridiculous, you can't have Jesus as a Labrador. And then when the other guy said, oh, yeah, but it's all right that he's a cat. And I thought, no. And then, I, and then he talked about the mane and you're like, oh, yeah, of course, I do think of Jesus like a lion. I do think of him like an eagle. I do think of him like a lamb. And those images are in, in the word, they're in scripture, so I feel like they're kind of valid. <laughs> but actually, well, can't he be anything else so that that was kind of opened my mind and I thought okay yeah I, I, I'm willing to receive any anything you've got or any manifestation of you um yeah I'll take it okay that's the key right there I'm willing to receive what you've got for me I'm not I'm not going to tell you how you're going to interact with me Jesus I'm going to allow you in at me so um Okay, so the actual kind of that imaginative thing, tell us, tell us what that was like for you. So it was really, yeah, it was, I, I, I loved imagining a safe place. Um, and I, my mind went to my garden and to my veggie patch, <laughs> which might sound a bit strange. But I have had so many beautiful times sat in my veggie patch. <laughs> in, I've cleaned my nails today, but um, <laughs> I love having the dirt under my fingernails I love just, I love the fact it's part of our household. So I've got the children are playing or running or whatever they're doing. Andy's somewhere around. And I feel in our family, I feel very safe. I feel like um, if I'm completely on my own, I sometimes don't feel safe. But if I'm with the family, I feel right. I'm in the heart of things. But nobody needs me at this moment. They, they think I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm in there. And... I just feel God speaks to me all the time when I'm in that place. Um, and so, so, yeah, so in my imagination, it was a real place that exists right now, and it was the age that I am now. I'm, yeah. it, was, it was me now doing something, being somewhere where I hear from God. So, yeah, so then, so then you said about now just picture... I can't remember exactly what you said. But you said invite Jesus in or something like that, or picture Jesus, it, whatever I said. Yeah, I was trying yeah. to be very non-specific. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so then I just remembered this one time when this little Robin had been following me around. Whatever I was doing, he was just always on the spade or, you know, right next to me. And he was just really beautiful. And then I was thinking about... Um, in, the, in Narnia, I do like reading the Narnia stories. In Narnia, there's this one scene Narnia. where they're, they're looking to go and... Um, they're wondering what's happened to Mr. Tumnus and his house is all, you know, destroyed and it's terrible and they don't know what to do or where to go. And this little bird kind of just perches on the tree and they think, what's that bird doing there? It's kind of like... 
not a big deal. And then they, they realise, yeah, it's actually going from tree to tree and it's getting us to follow them. And it's not really speaking and it's not really making a big announcement, but it's just um, gently leading us to where we need to go. And I just felt like God said, you're in this safe place. You'll always be with me, but you might not always be in that veggie patch, thankfully. <laughs> um, but you might not always be in that safe place. You might need to just watch where I'm going and follow me. And I will, even if I'm hidden in the branches or I'm quiet, I will be with you wherever you're going. And I, I was just, I went for a walk with Helen actually on Friday. And we were just sat in Heaton Woods in the Bluebells. I think John and Kath went there yesterday. And we just had a long time talking about what, what I'd seen. And we were saying, actually, if I'd sat and said, right, it's prayer time now. I'm praying about this, and I'm praying about this, and I'm praying about this. I don't think I would have heard Jesus in the same way. And the conversation that we had was just so much richer because we were just talking about, well, what does he mean by that? I wonder what you know, all the different ways I could think about that. So, yeah, it just really, really, really got to me, really struck me. Beautiful. Thank you ever so much. Who was up for coming next? Amanda? Yeah, come on. same question to you was that how comfortable was it for you how normal was it um it was nice because um they were all comfy chairs and it was very relaxed and um that is normal obviously I sit in chairs and relax but because the space was kind of carved out for us we um I just felt more relaxed and I'd made time for it so um, yeah, I've, I had a real feeling that the time was set aside. And um, and when you were saying about being in the womb of God, I, I always had a bit of a, well, not a problem with that, but oh, God's got a womb and all this kind of thing. But when I was in the big, I was in a big armchair, big, like half of this, well, a bit bigger than this. And I, I actually said to Laura, yeah, I do feel like I'm in the womb of God. And I'd been getting that all day, you know, like, you are safe in the womb of God. And that's, I sort of had a breakthrough with that before we even started, so, yeah. Good job, the salvation. I mean, it didn't take me so far away after all, <laughs> it? It was clearly a reason. Very nice chance, yeah. Um, okay, so what was, what was your... But is that something, in terms of the meditations and the imaginative stuff, was that something that you used to, or was it new to you? Um, well, over the last few years, I, I do try and do that, but I found it easier here with okay. other people yeah. than in my house where I am all the time and yeah. you know like you say doing things so uh, yeah quite new in the sense that I'd set that time apart I'd, I'd actually allowed myself to just have that space and that time for okay. just to be with and Jesus. And what was your experience of it? Um, the actual yeah. when we went on the journey yeah. and yeah so straight into it really I met Jesus he was there on a beach where I like to go we like to go uh, to the coast sometimes in the summer and um, he was just there straight away and I was really aware that he's such a kind person he was just in front of me and he was King Jesus but he wasn't dressed as a king he was just in his white robe and and I was in my white robe as well, the same kind of robe. Um, not a dress as such, but, you know, like a, a robe, a tunic, a long tunic. And um, he was there, and he put a crown on my head straight away. It was a beautiful. I was younger in the... In the um, it was like a vision. It was like a film playing, really, in my mind. And um, I was a young, young girl with my long, dark hair that I used to have. And um, he put this crown on my head, and he has such kind, he has such kind eyes. And uh, we just, we just um, laughed, and we weren't talking. We were just with him and just enjoying each other's company. And it was, it was almost like um, he was saying he was delighted. Beautiful. I'm trying to cry. <laughs> and... Um, Kill out. 
just um, danced on the beach. It was so lovely. Just danced together and had such fun, really. Beautiful. And um, I'm just trying to remember what happened. Um, yeah, and I just felt really worthy. I just felt him saying that um, you are worthy. It's because you were. Beautiful. Sorry, I didn't know I was going to burst it today. Sorry. And he kissed my forehead. And uh, I just felt so young and so free, and everything just flowed really. Um, I kind of danced this waltz, and we were delighting in each other, and smiling and laughing. And then he had a white horse. I'm sorry, it's so romantic, this. I'm not normally really girly and romantic like this. Although I do like to watch romantic things. But anyway, so I went, I went got up on this white horse. He was, he was at the front, I was on the back of the horse. And we were uh, just riding on the beach. It was a beautiful white dappled horse at the edge of the sea. Um, and it just felt so free. And then next, I took Jesus' hand. You probably won't believe this, but we went up in the sky. We flew. We started flying. We flew. We were just flying. It was so beautiful. A bit like, a bit like that film, The Snowman. You know that children's animated film? Yeah. It was just like we're walking in the air, and we really were. And it was just so beautiful, and I wasn't afraid. It was just great. I took Jesus' hand. We were flying. And we ended up on a desert island. It was fantastic. Um, and relaxed and sunbathed. It's just like being with a real, real good friend. Yeah, he's a, he's a real good friend, isn't he? Um, and then next, um, when we got back to the, the first beach, um, he had this wooden boat and he had the oars and he said, get in, get in the boat, we'll go, go for it, I'll, I'll row you on the sea. But it was quite high sea, we went out quite far and it was quite... Um, dark deep sea but I really felt like I was really happy to be in the boat and I was really at peace and um, yeah I'd been saying a few weeks ago on the on the prayer meeting like Jesus is really I felt God was really calling me to to dig deep at this time just dig really deep Um, but I didn't feel like that when I was in the boat I just felt really calm and really at peace and I really felt afterwards that Jesus was saying to me, um, you know, you can be in the boat with me and I've got the oars and, and you can be on the deep waters with me and everything's Beautiful. okay. So that, that was kind of what was playing in, in the meditation, yeah. Wonderful. Thank you ever so much. Thank you. Who's up for coming next? You come in? Come on then. It's warm. Pardon? It's warm. It's had some people sat on it, yeah, so it's warm. Um, okay, what about you? How, was that something you do on a regular basis? <clears throat> Not like that. I think I do struggle. I need some structure. I'm a mind wanderer. So every... Those three things that we did that night, they were really good because they helped me allow God to <clears throat> do whatever he wanted, but also keep me focused and not think about tomorrow and all those other things. So it kept me very much on track, but not, but still allowing imagination and still allowing freedom of going wherever, which I think was very helpful. Like Amanda said, if I do it at home, then you see all the things you can do at home. And it was great to be in a different place, a set a time, apart from everything, yeah, away. And this is where I am with a purpose. Okay, so in terms of those, well, either share about either the meditations or the imaginative bit, share about, or if it all goes in on one, otherwise we're going to be a long time. <laughs> a long time, because it was a long evening. Uh, well, the imaginative was great, because again, we had the questions, but the questions were so open but also so helpful to be able to like, yeah, not let my mind wander. And one of the f- questions that really struck me was like, how old would you be? And I was like, oh, of course, I'm in my imagination. I can be whatever age I want, which up until that point, I didn't think. I was like, I have to be this age and it has to be in a real place that exists. But that's the beauty of imagination. It doesn't have to be those things. It can... So 
I was really, really young, actually, in a very um, vulnerable place after a bit of a tragic time in our lives, in my life, personally. And I was like, oh, we're not going to a beach on a horse. <laughs> we're going here. <laughs> um, but it was an amazing time because alongside the memory that I had of this time, God kind of shaped a different memory and I just allowed him to be there. And my, my mind was like, but it didn't happen like that. And Jesus was like, yes, but this is what I would have wanted to happen if I was there. And this is what I would have done if I was there. And this is what I would have said if I was there. And just allowing him to do that and not fight against like, but it wasn't like that. But you weren't there. But you didn't say that. But you didn't send that person. Allowed their memory to now coexist alongside the real memory. And not have to think of it as a painful thing or as a hurtful thing or... I don't want to go there even in my mind. Now it's like, well, actually, the potential of what God wanted to do was there. And he always wants to do that. That's what he wants all the time. The goodness to say those things. And unfortunately, that doesn't always happen. But for him to show me what he would have done if he was there, or if he was the voice of those people around me, it was just, yeah, it was very beautiful. It was very redeeming. It was very peaceful, even though at the beginning of it, I was like, I don't think this is going to be a peaceful time. But then as time went on, it was a very peaceful time. And I found it really helpful to write down as I was kind of imagining it, because again, it kept me on track and didn't let me, my mind wander, which is great because I've kept reading, reading over it. I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. This is what actually he would have done. And it was just beautiful. And then from there, because it's imagination, then it wasn't exactly that place. It was more beautiful. It was wider. It was, yeah, just like Sharon said, allowing anything to happen in that moment. Yeah, I, it was amazing. And I can't describe it because it's one of those things that unless you go through it, you can't describe it. But it was amazing. Wonderful. Thank you ever so much. Come on, Luke. Go, my friend. Um, so, yeah, what about you? Is that um, normal? Something you do every day? No, I think the... I think imagining being with God was a completely new concept. I think for me, it's... Uh, I think the last few years... I think, or just life in general, is chaos. I think regardless of who you are, like, it's all over the shop. So I think something I've really chased over the last few years is, like, pockets of peace. Um, so, my, so, like, Sundays are always, like, church is always, like, I'm, like, a pocket of peace, if you know what I mean. It's, like, coming to, like, feel the presence of God. Um, but I think within that, I think, so for me, it was, it was a whole new thing, because I think my... Vaguely, my perspective was I'm like chasing the presence of God rather than chasing like God Himself, um, and I think that probably came since uh, we did it the other week. For me, it was a really big thing of um, uh, in the Bible the story of the woman with the issue of blood, um, and it's always baffled me that story because I'm always I always wonder why Jesus was like who touched me because I'm like surely you know I'm like it's, like it's kind of one of those I'm like you don't need the explanation. But I think within what we went through, I think I really felt like I could totally understand where the woman was coming from. Because I'm like, she'd fought with this for however many years. She'd been like isolated from however many people because of this issue. But she had the faith to... She knew that if she touched Jesus, she'd be healed. But she wasn't... She, essentially, she didn't feel worthy enough to be in the presence of God. But she's like, if I touch him, I'll be healed but I'm not worthy to see him. And I think within that, I think I really saw like, actually Jesus turned around and said, it was this kind of thing of like, where are you? Because I want to see you. It's got nothing to do with like, you are worthy in my presence. And I so think for me, that whole thing of rather than chasing the presence of God, I'm like, 
being like, I can be, in, I can be, in a, I can be around it, but I can't be like with you. Um, I think for me, this, like, it just blew, like, blew the gates open, like, wide open. I was like, oh, this is a completely new thing. So for me, yeah, completely new, but I think also very healing um, within it. Okay. So, yeah. Thank you for your honesty about it. It's beautiful. I'm sure there's lots of people who also feel like uh, they're happy to creep around him and try and get a touch, but perhaps don't feel worthy of sitting in front of him. Um, but, um, okay, so then we went into the, the, the meditations and you got some quite vivid images, pictures, you saw some. Yeah. Share them. Not as great as the horse and the beach. <laughs> I was hearing those and like... No, 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 but here, here, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. <laughs> it sounded <Because>. glorious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know yours was not quite like that. But, but here's the thing, there's, and it's a really important point because there's no right or wrong in it. Jesus knows you, and Jesus loves you, and Jesus meets you where you need to be met. And, and, and the, the real challenge of all this stuff is twofold. First of it is, as George said, well, I don't think it'll work. I'm not worthy. I can't meet him. And the second one is comparing it with somebody else. Well, that's just a way to kill it. Because he's going to do... Because we're, we're going to hear from somebody else in a minute who didn't really hear very much. But actually... They know it was fantastic. And so it's not about the, the bigness of it or the, the rawness of it. It's about, no, I'm going to trust you, my friend. And as my friend, you're going to bring me what's best. And he did bring you some incredible stuff because we've talked oh, about it. So, yeah, go on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, so I think the initial part of it, the first few stages, I'm quite familiar with because it's something that's like, I suppose I, I hunt for on a regular basis. Um, but then it was... I suppose it's a whole imagination. So yeah, that's the scene with the Labrador just blew my mind. And we just, we'd between the morning service and coming, we'd watch the shack. It was the first time I'd seen it and it blew my mind. So I think that opened a bit of a, like that opened what was potentially a dripping tap um, for me. And I was like, that started this whole process. Um, so I think I'd seen that and that's really vivid. And I think then that kind of, I was like, oh, actually, I feel like I'm limiting my own imagination by been super strict but it, they essentially within after we kind of there was a bit of guidance I think the initial I had this initial image of like rolling hills um oh it, it essentially started with like a jail um which is why I was like it's not as great as a beach to be fair <laughs> but it was a jail but they they like the cell doors were like going down rather than open which I thought was a bit weird um so they're like being absorbed into the floor, which I'm like, it's a danger in a prison, to be fair. You might get trapped. But, uh, but then as we were like, it was like it was a camera shot was moving from a singular cell. And I suppose as it zoomed out, there's just so many cells in this prison. Like, and it just obviously kept zooming out and zooming out. And obviously, like, the prison got bigger and bigger. Um, until I was, like, outside looking at it... Um, and then I think this was that thing of like letting God use your imagination, not limiting it. And then as we like we zoomed out far enough, then like this, this is like a big flood, it essentially destroyed this prison. But also kind of after that, it cleared the foundations, so there's n- there's no remnants of the prison. Um, and then obviously that then, yeah, yeah. And then that then there's like a, a that there's that there's a new growth there. Like, it's really, like, a really nice valley. Um, but then there's this, um, which it, it kind of felt like a bit of Lord of the Rings kind of thing. So there's, like, this big volcano in the back right-hand corner, which was far enough away that it was there, but not. So, and then, obviously, like, it was, like, loads of lava, like, it was going off. Um, but then it kind of, like, my imagination zoomed in on that. But then, and I think this is well, like, it, this was just a weird, like, sci-fi thing that was just so weird but made so much sense. It was, um, like, the lava was coming towards this, like, fresh valley, but it kind of hit a point, and there's, like, a dome that was protecting the valley. So then that, like, the lava went away, and then after that, the, eventually the volcano kind of just turns, like, Edinburgh, as it were, so, like, <laughs> died, died a death. And then it was just, obviously, another mountain. Um, so that was the first bit. Uh, and that was really, uh, like, it was so vivid. Um, it was just, like, absolutely blew my mind. Um, 
and I think that started the process. I think for me of like, what, what's this? What is this prison? And like, why are there so many jail? Like, this is just so bizarre. And like, it's not something that I was like, I felt like I was aware of. But then it suddenly became so present. I was like, well, I feel like the prison means something to me. Um, which then we moved on to the final or the third um, like time, and it was it was imagining Jesus, which I think was the real like. I suppose it's not something you obviously do that often, or I don't. Um, but then, like the whole scene changed, and it was a um, it was like a walled garden. But I think the best way I can describe it is if you ever see like. Obviously, all the like this, like Jerusalem and all those kind of like, they've got some really like really nice gardens and wars and stuff. And if you've ever seen any like random things about it, so it's really nice, like really like felt kind of post um, post resurrection kind of site. So it's like it was really nice. But um, basically, like I, I went into this wall garden, um, and then there's like a. What I, what I assume is a post-resurrection Jesus um, in like some like, that's like linen garb. But it felt very much like it wasn't me making up a version of Jesus that I kind of knew. It really felt like, oh, actually, no. There's a real, yeah. real like, oh, no, this is, Je- like, this is Jesus, if you know what I mean. So it wasn't like, oh, this is a great scenario. It was really like, it was really an encounter. Um, and it was like an encounter with a younger version of me um, and then so, like, yeah, it was, it was in this wall garden, it was great. I had a hug from Jesus, um, which obviously, like, I think that was, just, it was great. But then I think it was, it was this weird scene where then, the, like, the scene, it slightly changed and it turned back on a younger version of me. And I had, like, a, a, like an open wound that had been, like, wrapped. But it, it was one of those, like, I think, you know, you see it on a lot of, like, films and stuff. Well, like an open wound wrapped and then rewrapped, and it never really heals, but it's just always like kind of tended. Um, and I think within that point, like I really had this, like, and I think it's it wasn't a, it was just so clear, and it was like it was like below my ribs onto one side, and the the, the thing that really spoke to me was obviously like Jesus on the cross, um, when he got like essentially stabbed in the side, and I think for me that was this kind of like real clarity moment of like Jesus was there with you in like the worst of it all and I think it's something I've always I think it's a question like where are you God because I'm like I know you're there but you you seem a bit ethereal like you're you're in the scene but you're not really very present with me um like you're in this situation but I don't feel like you're with me in it you're just in the situation somewhere um and it's really like like really like just this so, so much clarification that it was like I know I know like your deepest thoughts I know you like your deepest hurts and it was just it was so like healing initially in that moment um and then yeah through the then the process followed and like Jesus was like tending to this wound and then that healed um um and yeah it just it's it like so beautiful um but I think even on the back of it I was like I need feel healed through this process of watching a younger version of me now being healed. Um, yeah, so that was that was that. There we go. Cheers, man. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? You don't have to. I know if you if you said you would, you don't have to. It's all right. But if you want to, you can then. Come on, Margaret. I saw you half getting up. Here I am. You do want to. Don't want to, really. Um, okay, so what about you? Um, was that a... Is that something that you... I mean, you're used to it because we've been doing it a little bit, but, but was it? how new was it to you? Um, it was sort of not new in theory, but it was new in practice. Okay. Oh, so like we've that. been talking about it for a long time, but yes. And I've been making my own little feeble attempts at 
doing it, but actually doing it here and having the guidance, I just found really helpful. Okay. So tell us about your experience of it. Um, the good thing was that I actually did it and didn't run away, <laughs> which in the past it would have just been, I can't do that, it doesn't work for me, I don't hear anything, so what's the point of trying? I can't do it. Rabbit holes all over the place, which I didn't go down. So, I mean, that's the first good thing that I actually did. Fantastic. Which, and I did really find it really helpful. I didn't have any dramatic anythings, but I did feel it was a positive thing. And it was something to work on. I mean, it's not going to happen overnight, is it? It's not going to be a magic no. thing. Um, it's something we're, we're all working on and we need to work on. And, uh, yeah. You said for you there was something, though, that you felt a, a different piece in terms of your whatever it oh, is. Oh, in terms of the tinnitus, yes. Um, some of you know I get tinnitus, not hugely badly, but especially when I'm quiet, especially of an evening, it can really rage in my head. And, and that can just be a real distraction. And I didn't realise it wasn't there until I got home and it was there. I thought, oh, I actually haven't heard this all evening. Now, whether it actually wasn't there, it had gone for that period of time, or whether it was just that God was overriding it, I can't say. But I just know that I managed to do it and I wasn't aware of the noise in my head Beautiful. for the whole of that that period through the meditation so that so you did experience something wonderfully new then didn't you yeah i did and yeah for me it's not so much what did happen but what didn't happen if you see what i mean yeah, yeah, but you know which is you know is encouraging i've got to keep going i've got to keep doing it that might be more difficult <laughs> no not at all. not at all. fantastic thank you The reason that I, I get people to share all them is just because, and the reason I get people to share all the different versions is just because, because they're all unique individuals, so they all hear completely individually. And some of them are these big visions of volcanoes and sky fi things, and some people are riding a horse on a beach, and some people it's an actual thing from their own past, and Jesus meets them in it, and other people it's different stuff. And... Uh, but I just want to encourage you. All those people did was just give some time to sit with him. And he met with every one of them. And I, 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 I'm pretty certain he met with everybody that was there. Um, obviously, I couldn't have everybody share, but they, that was not the fullness of what God did. But I just share it to say, hey, it's a beautiful thing. He has an intimate relationship with you. <laughs>